Hey, security peeps, we are back again here today with my, I am Renee Brown-Small, author of Magnetic Hiring, focused on cybersecurity recruiting. And I am here with my awesome co-host, Chris Folon. Say hi, Chris. Hey, everyone. And today we have Spencer Brown. And Spencer, we were supposed to have him on ages ago. And for one reason or another, usually related to me, he had to get bumped to today. So I am super excited to have him on. He is coming to you straight from Detroit. Woo -woo. So Spencer, are you there? Yes, I can see you. Yes, I am. Awesome. So we jump in by starting to ask you, you know, how did you, what made you get interested in cybersecurity? You know, what were you doing beforehand? How did you get into the field? You know, what brought you to this field of cyber? Great, uh, excellent question. Nice to meet everybody and everyone on the line as well. I uh, am coming from uh, the born and raised in the Utah area. And in doing so, I, I went to, uh, after high school, went to uh, traditional college. And in doing so, I was playing basketball and uh, was playing for a few seasons and ended up uh, breaking my ankle. And from there I was done. And from there I decided to, instead of doing a psychology degree or something else like that, I would jump into technology that were growing up. And from there uh, moved forward. Uh, what was very helpful in my degree was able to do internships. That, that, that's what happened quite a bit. Mm -hmm. What sort of role? So one thing that I uh, was very helpful is I would take the applications from the uh, internship page, and then I would go ahead and uh, apply to those, and then I would try to get it was uh, launched me onto my my career pretty quickly. What sort of roles did you take as a intern uh, to help get you up to speed or to transition in? So that's a great question, Chris. A lot of folks ask, you know, how can you get an internship or a job without any experience? Essentially, is that there was a guy who uh, liked my resume and my, my previous experience uh, that was not technical to come on time, I'm able to, to do my work and learn and grow. And from there, they gave me an opportunity. And what I started with was in uh, vulnerability management. Uh, there was a small credit union that I, that I joined and it was great to be able to be with them and um, learn and grow based off of uh, uh, what was happening. And then from there, I had that stepping stone to go to a, a different organization uh, and different roles and then from there expand my, my knowledge. Interesting. So you, you have a psychology background, you have a psychology degree. So uh, it, it's not, it, I, originally when I started uh, basketball, uh, I was doing just my generals and so forth. And I thought that people do either, it's a joke that people do a psychology or exercise science or some uh, other major that, that, that will not progress you in your career to make it easier to be able to play basketball. Mm -hmm. So since I broke my foot, I was able to switch uh, my job or switch, switch my degree into 
information systems, and that helped me quite a bit. Great. Did you take any cybersecurity classes while you were in undergrad? Yes, I took a web application security class. Uh, there we used uh, Burp to uh, look at uh, to proxy traffic back and forth, look for session IDs, look for cross-site scripting, SQL injection, those types of attacks. So that was very helpful to, to you know, uh, learn and grow based off of some of those things. Were there uh, any other platforms that you used to either amplify what you were learning in your degree or in your internships to help um, speed up your knowledge growth? Yes, I used, at my university, they had a subscription to Pluralsight. If you haven't used Pluralsight, it's like lynda.com. It's an online learning. It's, uh, I thought it was very excellent to sit there and, and listen or watch videos in the car or on my time. One thing that was extremely helpful is spending 30 minutes to an hour each day learning something new that I had nothing about. Uh, and that was able to help uh, extremely a lot. So you first got your experiences through the various internships that you had, correct? Correct. And then did the internship lead into your full-time role or did, did you then go and interview directly for like a full-time opportunity? Yeah, so there was a few full-time opportunities for my internships. I decided not to go that path and I made a, a number of, uh, of other job offers in and outside of state. And I ended up going with General Motors right off at the gate of my bachelor degree. And that's why I moved from Utah to Detroit and it brings me here today. So uh, that, that was very helpful. And it almost made it very easy. Once I graduated, I was very able to quickly uh, have many full-time offers and I was able to pick what I wanted to do basically. That's awesome. Uh, for the individuals that are still in college, still trying to decide uh, what path to take, um, any recommendations uh, for them, how to choose the best path for them based on your experience? Yeah, I thought that, <clears throat> excuse me, my uh, undergrad was, was great. It was a lot of basic knowledge. I felt that I needed to go outside be uh, out of class there was a cybersecurity club there was uh, some competitions happening there were local um, security groups that would meet and that's really what was very helpful okay um what about now? What do you do to uh, continue uh, your education now that you are in your first or second uh, full-time role uh, to keep learning what's happening in the field? Yeah, so I actually just recently started a master's degree uh, at NYU, a new university in cybersecurity. So I just started in the fall. I'm in two classes. It's a three-year program. And that's one way I can continue to grow and learn from uh, the uh, different classes that I have, apply the knowledge, 
and it's great to work with. There's about a hundred in the cohort that I'm able to work with. So yay! And uh, Renee, uh, alumni student. Yes, yes, yes. But it was way back in the day, and there were no cyber school. Actually, you know what? There was somebody at the time. I my undergrad was in information systems, and I remember it was so funny because I I asked this lady. Who, I mean, she was my one of the, the one of my classmates. She was getting a degree. It wasn't at the time in cybersecurity, but it was the predecessor. And I was like, what do you do every day? And like, mm -hmm. it, was, it was just so funny. But that was 15, 16. That was almost 20 years ago. Um, yeah, the, the cybersecurity program itself uh, has many, been around for about 10 years, I believe. Prior to selecting NYU, I looked at many other universities, such as University of Maryland, John Hopkins uh, cybersecurity program. And I also considered an MBA for quite some time, but decided based on my experience, I would like to go a more technical route uh, for, for my job. Very cool, very cool. So Chris, it looks like you have another question. I was going to say, so it, it sounds like you're, you're really prepping yourself both on the educational front. Um, what about any cybersecurity certifications that you might have done um, to help quantify your technical knowledge outside of your work experience? Great question, Chris. Yes, I have a uh, few certifications. I started out with uh, doing the Security Plus and Network Plus while I was in under my undergrad. And um, those are great certif are cert certifications to get. I don't believe that they gave me a job by any means, but it was fundamental knowledge that I would have not gone otherwise if I wasn't forced to study and to learn that information. Since then, I have uh, the CASP that nobody knows about. It's the CompTIA Advanced Security Practitioner. And then I also um, recently got my CISSP. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, I don't have the five years of experience that required, but I do have the uh, the provisionally passed the associate version of that. It's so funny. So last night I did a um, resume makeover webinar, and a young lady, Sylvia, who was on it, she <clears throat> had the cast. So some folks do, and uh, Gadget Craig says he knows about it. So we know. We know a little bit about it. It's one of the new ones, but you seem to be very well certified up. Like you are definitely getting all the right certifications. And what I like about what you said is that it, it's not going to get you the job per se, but especially when it comes to the continuous learning and that people see that, oh, wow, this person not only has an undergrad degree, has the experience and has now has like a number of certifications and is also going back to his master's so you're like a triple threat plus a, a triple threat plus plus because you have the certs you have the experience you have the degree and you're going back for a master's so that's awesome right yeah that's uh, all intentional i i tried to you know spread the gamut so uh the the hiring folks can't uh, find any flaws exactly exactly i mean experience always trumps everything and uh and when you have just by getting the yeah, internships, I was going to say about the cast. I, I, I do hope that uh, it continues to grow a little bit stronger. It is a new certificate, um, but uh, it's I hope that it continues to grow, like I said, and uh, be something more like the CISSP, right? So, yeah, uh, 
Spencer, one of the questions from the audience was, how did you figure out where in cyber you wanted to go since there's so many ways uh, to go? Yeah, I see Mr. Dell's comment over here. Uh, it is, cybersecurity is not just one, one, one field, right? There's many different silos within there. There's incident response, vulnerability management, uh, identity access management, so many, right? Uh, oh, uh, uh, Miss Dell, thank Sorry you for the that. correction. Sorry about that. Um, so what I just what ended up happening is that the internship that I got was within vulnerability management, and then from there I just kind of built off of that and then continued down that that path. Uh, I still have spread out to, to learn different knowledge and so forth, but I've I've kind of been in that in, in that uh, silo uh, since since that internship from the very beginning. So that's kind of what happened. Um, a recommendation to, to, to you, uh, Dell, is to uh, try out, do internships if you're in school or go to uh, take Pluralsight or lynda.com or those online learning different classes and uh, have a home virtual lab and do some testing with that. I think that's hard to get a, a job in incident response if you have no experience with that, right? Or if uh, in, uh, if you want to do any type of other silo within security, uh, you need to, uh, I think you need to practice that a little bit. That's such great advice. I mean, uh, yes, uh, Cyberary IT, I also use that as well. It has some great, uh, some great free content as well. Yep. And somebody said, you dummy, which is true. So you dummy, Cyberary, Linda. I mean, there's so many of them. Chris has an amazing list, a couple different resource lists that he put together. And every yeah. single person that we talk to, you all always share the same thing. You know, there's free stuff. People talk about going on YouTube. I mean, there's so many different ways to create your own opportunities to learn and grow. And like you said, setting up your own home lab, playing in that lab, really being able to talk to true experiences when you get in that interview um, is going to get you, you know, further ahead and get you more opportunities. So, right. And maybe if you don't have any experience in that one particular cybersecurity silo, you can still at home. Uh, there, there's there's free tools that you can use to learn and grow off those, and then from there you can at least have, like you said, Renee, some speaking experience to what happened. You have an idea of what, what what's going on. Mm -hmm. Another thing that I found to stay up to date is listening to cybersecurity podcasts. So there's the uh, there's the SANS podcast, that's like a five minutes, 10 minutes each day about uh, the updates. Someone said security now, uh, security now is uh, is excellent. I listen to that religiously every single week uh, and, it's, and it's great. Paul Security Weekly, also listen to as well. Those ones are really good. There's also the uh, CISO Security Relationship Podcast, mm -hmm. or the, the CISO Vendor Relationship Podcast. Mm -hmm. That's kind of a new one. Uh, that one's I like to jump on there quite a bit. Listen to one half speed and go through those and, and while I'm driving or on a walk or something like that. Very that that's um, exactly what I do. I, I have also on my um, profile a list of <clears throat> um, 30 or 40 different podcasts, so different areas of interest, but I also listen to uh, them at two speed to try to get through a lot during my commute. And um, you've listed off some of the, the top contenders. Um, definitely highly recommended to try to make a useful time of your commutes um, if, 
if you don't need to de-stress and listen to music or something else. <laughs> yeah, you know what, Chris, that's a good point. If someone has a cute man that's over an hour each way, I mean, look at, you can get, that's two hours a day, that's going to be 10 hours a week of additional uh, cybersecurity information or any other information you're wanting to learn. And even if you're driving and maybe you can't watch any videos and, and stay up to date and so forth, you can still, you know, get that information in your head. And as you as you listen to it a few times, that can be it starts to stick. And then you hear things, you hear a word that they're using, and then you go to work, and then they hear that same word, and then it kind of connects, and you build this uh, in, in your mind your your knowledge of, of of security. It's really all about building that knowledge base, and I know Chris is phenomenal about having so many resources. I mean, that's how he and I connected on LinkedIn when he had pretty much provided me like this laundry list of podcasts. I'm like, well, so you do it, man. But like literally are like the podcast king because he has every, all of these awesome mm -hmm. podcasts yep. that I literally had never ever heard of. So such great advice, like, you know, ways that other ways that you can infuse this stuff in your head and kind of keep abreast of what's happening because one of the questions that comes up a lot of times in interviews, like, what are you listening to? How do you know about what's going on in the market? Because it's everything is happening so, so quickly. So good points, guys. Um, specifically. Yeah. If I were to pick any of the podcasts, I would definitely say Security Now is by far the best. I don't have to listen every day. It's, it's once a week and it's probably an hour and a half. And it goes, Steve Gibson goes into extreme detail about certain vulnerabilities how to check for them and to know if you're vulnerable. It's uh, it, it's it's great to get a high level and then also he goes technical as well. Some people have some problem with his saying ums and, and bits and, and dragging out a certain topic, but I personally find it very helpful as he reiterates things over and over again, it starts to stick in my head and I start to learn that knowledge. So for those looking to learn more about your specific silo, um, are there any tips, tricks to um, advance their knowledge within your silo that you wanted to share? Uh, yes. So uh, this is not by any ways a, a plug for my current em employment. I work for Qualys, a uh, cybersecurity SaaS company. And we actually have a free version of Qualys. They do vulnerability management checking out uh, configuration of a particular host. And uh, there's you can have 16 licenses. You can download the agent, do a virtual scanner at home, scan all your IoT devices. Great opportunity to learn, learn about that. How many, I'm gonna go back to like, when you, when you actually went from internship to um, full-time opportunity, and you said you, you got multiple different roles. Um, how many how many inter internship opportunities did you get and how many full-time opportunities did you get and what was like your interview process to get to those points because i think one of the things that we've asked people people say you know they interviewed 30 times whitney i think said she interviewed 30 times and um charles uh, uh Karanja said he had like applied 200 to 200 different roles like talk to us about what that entryway was for you right so from the internship perspective, there was a job internship posting page at my university and literally every single uh, internship that came in that was technical, I, I applied. Uh, it was, this made it very easy. There was a quick apply button. So I just applied, 
had my standard resume. Maybe not the the, the best uh, for each. If you want to give it a certain job, you can you know uh, tailor your resume. However, in this scenario, it was very helpful. I got the opportunity to interview for jobs that I don't. I, I did maybe didn't know all the information from the the job description, but uh, was there to learn and grow, and I thought that was very helpful. So I did three initial internships during my uh, college career, and then after that, I was able to make uh, apply to those companies for a full time role, and then some companies within the Utah area, and then outside as well. So probably I had maybe 20 job interviews for full-time offers um and I'm, I'm sorry 20 job interviews and then how many full-time offers i probably had five that i wheedled away at at the very end that i was able to pick you know salary job benefits etc of what i wanted to do that's fantastic and when you started doing your internship opportunities like what year in college were you because one and before you answer this the reason why i'm asking this question is because people a lot of times the folks that tend to struggle they don't really they don't really pick their head up to start looking for jobs until they're almost graduating and i tell everyone right. start as soon as you possibly can like if you're a freshman and you could get your foot in the door somewhere some type of internship the more experiences you get and can put under your belt the better so if you had three internships i know you started earlier so talk to me about like were you a sophomore, junior? Like, when did you start getting the internship opportunities? So I started when I was a sophomore mm -hmm. and I had very, I was still doing some generals, had very few technical classes, mm -hmm. courses I was taking. But like I said, I had a number of job interviews, uh, for internships, and one individual, you know, took a stab at me and said, hey, uh, you're, you have good grades. You're, you show up on time, you're w willing to learn and grow. Mm -hmm. And just having that ability alone got me the opportunity. And then I was able to come in, start getting my hands on certain tools that they were using in their environment. And then from there, it was easy to leapfrog, leapfrog from internship to interest because I had you know, this bucket of, of experience and it just transferred so on and so forth. And then by my senior year, it was almost it, there was many, many internships that I could I could have, simply because I had experience prior to. So for those who maybe don't have any experience, I think you got to start out small. Even maybe if it's not a paid internship, maybe you don't get any uh, credit. It's an opportunity to learn and grow, learn about the tools. Uh, I think a lot of folks will start out in help desk, or they'll start out in the stock. Those are great areas that are entry level. You can learn and grow some basic uh, troubleshooting skills, a lot of the different tools, different operating systems that can be very helpful. Such valid points. So such good points. It, it sounds like you almost developed your perfect path for from, from the scratch. Um, choosing the right classes, choosing the right internships, um, choosing the right certifications to pursue, continuing your education. Um, I, I, would, I would definitely say that you're the most well-rounded, one of the most well-rounded individuals I, I've talked to in a long time. Uh, it sounds like, did, did you pre-plan this all out or did it just happen on the fly? 
So, Chris, it, it was not all planned. It was each step of the day was seemed like to be a grind. And it was just figuring out, talking to others who are in the field and figuring out what they're doing and kind of create your own path of, of what you'd like to do. Like I said, for a long time, I probably spent six to eight months researching universities for a master's degree to do a master in cybersecurity or an MBA or maybe uh, a computer science and so forth. Um, I think all those are great opportunities, but uh, at the very end, I thought the, the program I chose uh, I'm very help, happy with and, and glad that I, I was uh, able to be in that program. So to answer your question, Chris, and to everyone on the audience is that it wasn't, I didn't have this 10 year plan that I was planning after graduation. It was really step by step, grinding, figuring out what I need to do, talking to others, um, being active in the community. And then from there, I can kind of see, well, I, this person's doing X, this person's doing Y, I really like these two things. I'll put them together and I'll move forward to do that. And things that I don't like, then I can try to stay away with, right? Now, when you say you're active in the community, talk to us about that, because I think people also, a lot of people tend to just apply, apply, apply. I mean, the, 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 the awesome consistency that I've been seeing with all of you who've come on here, Charles and Whitney and all the other folks, is that you, although you applied, you're also active in social media, active in various, you know, in the community as a whole, online and offline. So talk to us about that. Tell us what you did, what groups you're a part of, you know, talk to us about that. Uh, excellent. So there's a couple things that I do. Uh, one specifically is that as I'm learning things in my master's degree or from reading on my own time in certain articles, I come up with maybe a question or maybe I, I couldn't it be done this way or something like that. And then on LinkedIn, sometimes I'll, I'll make some posts and there I can, uh, uh, you know, people add their comments and then we can have a conversation that way, which has been helpful. So being active on LinkedIn has been helpful, especially when recruiters see that you're active and so forth. I My inbox gets uh, many, uh, I would say maybe a, a few a month that people, uh, it, that recruiters reach out mm -hmm. and for maybe a job opportunity or something like that. So I think that that's very helpful. I don't do uh, Instagram or Facebook or, or Twitter. I know those are act, those are uh, great platforms as well, but LinkedIn has been uh, good for me and keep my social media to a minimum. In addition, there are many uh, local cybersecurity conferences that I attend. Mm -hmm. And uh, for, for my job, I'm actually required to be at a number of them. So I've been to RSA, Black Hat, some of those as well nice. that have been very beneficial. And it doesn't have to be the big ones, right? It could be, there's a local one that's uh, in Detroit that's called Converge. There's one that's called Gurkhan. Thank you. Uh, Gurkhan is excellent for technical ability. And from there, you can go to the different talks and you learn uh, excellent information. It's Besides, someone mentioned that, they are, are, are great. And I, I think you need to go and not just hang out with your friends. Go, uh, learn, go to the talks, talk to the different booths, uh, do the hacking challenges. You have to be involved and active or uh, it's not gonna do much for you. So, such valid points. Thank you so much for letting everyone know that it's a combination. I mean, like Chris said, in terms of the well-roundedness um, that you have with the degrees, the certifications, the ongoing 
um, continuous learning, the online piece, the offline piece, like you're truly one of these people who fully understands how to maximize your network and to become a part of the community. And I think sometimes people think, you know, networking in a, they look at it in a, in a, in a potentially negative way, but it's really about growing, learning, building community and getting, being known amongst the people who can bring you in to the next opportunity. Um, and, and learning, you know, people, people learn from you, you learn from them. So it's awesome that you've been able to, to do all of these things. So I know it is 1228. Chris, do you have any final questions? Yeah, um, did you, I, I guess one last question, um, both this could be based on the past and your plans for the future. Uh, did you have any mentors that helped you along your way and do you plan to give back now that you've um, broken into the community? Great question. As far as um, role models, I don't have one. I wish that there was like a, a CISO that I knew that I was best friends with that we could just feed off information from. Um, one thing that I've gotten frustrated with the cybersecurity industry is that it's not like medicine or uh, law or any of these other areas where there is a defined path that if you, you graduate, you go to law school, you do a few years of, of hard work and then and then you can you know pave your way of where you want to go. For medicine, you go to undergrad, you do uh, medical school, and then you do residency, which topic you want. Cybersecurity is not like that, right? Some people don't even have a bachelor degree. Some people only have certifications. It just seems to be that the path seems to go like this, whereas some of these other degrees that are more defined, it, it's you stay in this area and you will make X amount of money and you will be able to do uh, whatever career path that you're wanting to go to. So it's a little frustrating times that there's not a certain career path to, people say, I wanna be a CISO. Okay, well, great. Well, what's about to get there? Everyone seems to have their own path and there's not a straightforward way to, to do that. Well, I would say it's, it's never too late to find a mentor. Um, I know I've, I've found many on LinkedIn that are happy to help and offer advice and um, we check in on a monthly basis. So it's never too late to find um, that individual to help you along your way. And um, I know this is one of the ways that I give back to uh, help other individuals that are trying to break into security um, to help find their way. Same here. I think I'll take that as an action item. I need to find myself a, a mentor. So Chris, you got any recommendations? Uh, hit me up later and uh, happy to uh, enjoy some of that. And then of, of course, I think giving back to the community uh, is an excellent thing to be doing to help uh, fill the gap of uh, the specials that we need in this, in this uh, field. Absolutely. And with that said, you know, you are giving back by being on this and sharing your story with others. So we appreciate you, we thank you. I appreciate your flexibility with me since we got bumped for months, um, but we're happy to have you here. Thank you so much for your time. And to everyone else, we will see you back again next week with our next person who is breaking into cybersecurity. Bye guys. Thanks everyone. Thanks, Thank Spencer. you very much. Thanks for having me on, I appreciate it. Bye.